You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. Back in the um, locked, just one of our locked storage areas that we have here in archives. This side is where we keep all the university records and a lot of the special collections. So it's filled with all sorts of cool shelving. Um, the the whole sa- surround around here is all. Um, what we call rare books, but in general, it's actually like faculty publications. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in the history of like science writing, um, so we've got, you know, a ton of our past professors actually wrote science textbooks. You know, we were so big in history of education. So um, we have copies of all the textbooks that they write. We also collect all the um, current, you know, the faculty publications, the stuff that they're still publishing. And we are also looking for like historic examples of um of textbooks so like you know we have like victorian arithmetic guides Um, i was just looking for one of those earlier yeah so yeah everybody's always after those (laughs) um we have like a um a reading instruction and a reading oh a manual for reading and i should know the right term for it um a reading primer um we have a reading primer from the 17th century and uh it's um it's really fascinating and also quite bloody, bloody and like um, terrifying just because that was, they figured kids love when martyrs get burned and things like that. So those are the examples. So our very first, first student newspaper um, is The Crucible and The Crucible came out um, in the 1890s, but I'll just pull one off the shelf. I know people can't see it over the air, but I'll just show you really quick. Um, it's got, you know, all sorts of information about, you know, pedagogy. Um, and it's also fascinating at this time, um, campus, we were part of the, um, we were very progressive in education. We were part of a, mo- a national movement to simplify the English language. We were going to make English spell the way it sounds. So, um, a lot of faculty pub- or a lot of campus publications are published using these rules. So we get rid of like um, EDs at the end of words and we put a T on the end of the words. We got rid of PHs. Um, so like if you took physics here, it would have been F-I-S-I-K-S, I believe. I think they got rid of the, uh, the C, uh, the hard C as well. Um, huh. And then we've got like student council records we've got you know faculty senate records board of trustees records different departmental records so it's all sorts of cool stuff all right and then we'll keep walking so this is where we enter into um, our special collections so our special collections um we're interested in different kinds of things. So special collections, we're collecting alumni or faculty papers. We're also collecting local history and history of education, that kind of material. So like these are all papers from Connie Willis, who's a science fiction author. Mm -hmm. Um, And Connie is like the most 
awarded science fiction author ever. So she's a graduate of UNC, um, but she's won more Hugo, more Locus, more Nebula awards than anybody else. And she knows everybody else in science fiction. Um, and she handwrites all of her books still. So this this is almost like deleted scenes for her books, which is really cool. So you can see, I'll just pull one out. Let's see if this is a good one. Um, yeah, so you can see each chapter has got, this has got 11 drafts for the very first chapter. So, so you she, even keep the drafts. We do in the case of, of an author like Connie, mm -hmm. because it's really important to, so you can see the creative process, so you can see how it develops. Right. Um, and it's, this is disappearing, um, because most authors now are, um, you know, you're doing everything digitally. So yeah, it's all the same documents. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, this was like one of the coolest collections I got to, yeah. to work with. Um, and it just goes all the way down this row. So um, we also, you know, some of the local history stuff we do is we collected, um, we collect things related to Deerfield. And do you know about Deerfield? No. Okay, so what Deerfield was, was an African-American community that grew up um, outside of Greeley. Mm -hmm. It was east of us, out um, on the plains. And uh, in 1910, um, a group of African-American businessmen down in Denver wanted you know, a new start of, away from entrenched racism um, and thought you know, they'd build their own community here. Um, they never got water rights. So it really flourished when the climate was working okay, and with how the world was working at the time um, during World War One, um, every they could sell and they made really great money, and it was a really thriving community. And there was plans on building a a, a black serving college out there. There was plans on building you know factories. It was gonna be you know the number one African American settlement. I take that back. George. Oh yes, George June. He he talked about Deerfield, and they even had their own newspaper at some yeah. point. Yeah, it w it was a fascinating. It's a fascinating place. So yeah. we collect Deerfield related wow. material. So we have papers from the founder of Deerfield, um, which are really amazing. And we've digitized all of these things. They live on digital UNC, so it's people can go in and take a look at that. I mean, not the Connie stuff. That's going to take a million years to digitize. <laughs> but the Deerfield stuff we've done. And then, um, yeah, so there's all sorts of other cool things there. But we'll move to the other side. I know we got... Okay. We got we got to keep moving. There's a lot. Yeah, so like our, our yearbooks. We used to have yearbooks on campus. Uh, when did they stop doing yearbooks? It's actually kind of hilarious. Um, so what happened is in 1971, um, and we can take a quick look as we go through. I'll grab one. Um, the editor of the yearbook was... Um, was very anti-establishment um, and so there's like in the yearbook there's instructions on how to roll a joint mm -hmm. there's also like he has this whole thing about the sports teams he's like i don't know who these people are i'm not gonna i don't have time to learn their names so he doesn't identify anybody in the sports photographs <laughs> um he's got a picture of like in the, the very center of the book is he put the american flag upside down you know the symbol of like we're in crisis because it was a Kent State shooting. Mm -hmm. So as a student, he felt like all students were in crisis at that time. Um, administration was not really that happy with that direction that, <laughs> that he went with on the yearbook. So in 71, they stopped it. Um, we got a new yearbook. They tried it in 79. It lasted a couple years. 
didn't really make it. They tried again in the 90s, never made it. So nothing, you know, this was a long solid run. So this, mm -hmm. our original yearbook ran from 1907 to 1971. Going into secret areas again. So secret, secret archival spaces. <laughs> so happy and honored. Yeah. All right, so this room is super cold, as you've noticed as you yes. came in. So this is where we have all the stuff that's more sensitive that's okay. gonna um, disintegrate. Um, so we regulate the temperature and the humidity in here to keep everything safer. This is where most of the James Michener stuff lives mm. um and you know we ended up with Michener's stuff as kind of a strange journey um Michener came here he was a student here um back in the 30s so he came here um to work on his master's degree and he also um came to teach as well so he taught in the um when we had a laboratory school. So he taught effectively high school social studies. Uh, he and his very first wife came here. Mm. Um, so he made it big afterwards and he started donating his papers to the Library of Congress, but he got mad at the Library of Congress at, at a point. Um, and so then he started donating his papers wherever he happened to be living, which was all over America. Um, and uh, he finally, towards the end of his life, wanted all of everything together. Um, and he picked Greeley. So even though he'd made these agreements with all these other organizations, in his will it was said that he wanted everything back here. So it was a long... Are you still receiving stuff from around the country? We or? still get new, yeah, we still get new collections. Hmm. New Michener collections do come in. Um, but we've kind of reached as many agreements as we can with the other <laughs> institutions that right. have stuff. Library of Congress still has some stuff that... Um, was sealed and it's recently been unsealed so i'm going to work with them soon to see mm -hmm. if we can get that copies of that oh, stuff because it could be kind of exciting then this is all university stuff on this side so this is where we have like the univer old historic photographs from the university um and we also have some really um cool um a collection of cool sports photographs so there was um one of our graduates an alum he became a professional um, sports photographer and he took a, a lot of amazing photographs of sporting events in the 60s and the 70s like international events so we have different shots of the famous uh, Mexico City um, black power um, oh wow protest are, are in this collection here so that he just you know when he died the family just donated it to the art department who then sent it over to mm -hmm. us to take care of so something like that when, by the time that it gets to this room have you already digitized it or are you is it always just an ongoing process in all of these these rooms that you're digitizing yeah it's an ongoing process it's a slow slow process yeah because uh, again the, for us the big i can take it back the, what takes so long is the um making things accessible because if we just digitize it without writing up like what we've just digitized right there's no way to find it so this stuff is uh this sports phot photography is amazing it's super cool but we've been focusing on getting other university stuff done first so like all the yearbooks we've digitized we've digitized all the student newspapers we've digitized deerfield stuff so you know it's slow so this is the oldest book we have in our collection yeah that'd be perfect yeah so this is the oldest book we have in our collection it's from the renaissance um and as you can see it's the cover's got these beautiful like um 
hand engraved yeah um human figures all Mm. around it um this book is huge um and it's um the entire thing is about the book of ezekiel in the bible so he had a lot to say about ezekiel it's like a lit literature review on just ezekiel (laughs) yes it, it basically is um we start out though with he talks a lot about um his patron was philip ii the king of spain so he talks a lot about how cool philip ii is so he just goes on and on and on about philip um just to make sure that you know your boss is happy with your work um um he was really looking at the temple of solomon is what they were questioning his his interpretation of the temple of solomon so it's it's all you know printed so this is by the period of time when we've got printing so but it's still it's amazing and the pages are in amazing shape because um they're all handmade um every single page how did you receive this that is a great question it's a beautiful question and i wish i had a good answer for it um i had one of my work study students got obsessed with this idea of this book she loved this book and she did as much research as she could we never could find out exactly how it ended up in our collections we do know this is a unc um number yeah it says 295 yeah in the top left corner um which is terrible from from an archivist perspective that somebody actually wrote that on this ancient book but it's uh this is from when the this is normal school era numbering. Mm-hmm. So this is this was received early on in our life as a school, and it just stayed in the library and then slowly passed on into archives. So it, it looks like there used to be like a belt on it, like the, yeah, the those two little is that there, what it there was were like clasps? A, a yeah, clasp. there okay. were clasps to keep it closed because the paper warps, mm-hmm. and so you want to keep it tight so yeah. that the paper's not going to get so warpy fascinating (laughs) and actually this one um you know it was published in the 15 um 1500s but at some point we can see from this inscription at the front it ended up in a carmelite convent's library so it was some so this was part of a nunnery at some point before Mm -hmm. it was removed and ended up in america and then ended up in Greeley. so (laughs) which is cool we also um I'll show you. Let me see. Oh, I'm pulling out lantern slides now, and lantern slides are little glass plates um, that they used to travel around um, and show. There were lantern slidists who did shows of these things. Um, they're basically it's like a PowerPoint slide, effectively. Um, and uh, these are from our um, from our outreach department from the normal school era. So this is the um, the normal school in the Colorado Teachers College. So this was a photograph of one of our, the playground we used to have on campus, um, which we were very proud of because it was a research playground. So that as a learning, as an educator, you're learning to educate. You're also learning the value of play for the students. In what year was this playground? So this would have been 19 teens, early 19 teens. And it is, we've digitized this one and this one is on digital UNC, which is where we put all of our digital stuff but it's like a dangerous looking playground. That's why I love it. There's a lot of just metal bars crossing <laughs> one another, swings that might be attached. I can't tell, but yeah, yeah how fun. They, they look like they're two stories high swings. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. And like the little the little kids in the front, they've seen some things on this playground. Some of them are actually hand painted. So to give it a little bit more pop, they would they would paint it. So the pictures of the, um, of chapel, there used to be a 
students used to be required to go to chapel on campus and so those pictures are all hand painted so um let's see well i'll show I'll, let me pull out like the the coolest thing we've got here so there's a woman whose her name is chris pettis um she's passed but she became really fascinated by um women artists in in the 1980s is when she was working um and she ended up writing a dictionary of women artists she also collected women artists so we've got her collection was donated to the to pva to and we've ended up with that collection taking care of it and it includes amazing pieces of art so i'm going to pull one out and these are all digitized as well we've digitized all of this stuff just for the audience's curiosity, Jay has now put on gloves. Yeah, this is one of the few times I'll wear gloves. So it's actually a strange archival like point of contention when you wear wear gloves. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm generally on the less gloves is better side. <laughs> but this is this is America Sot. So this is actually you know the uh, American Impressionist America Sot. Um, it's one of her original pieces. So. So it's pretty amazing that we actually have this. Um, and so um, they use this, in, PVA uses this for t a teaching collection. It's really, really amazing to have. And we're working, figuring out a way that we can actually get this way more accessible, try to come up with a, like a traveling exhibit or something, because yeah. we've got like Mary Cassatt, we've got Elizabeth Catlett, who's a really important, um, artist who did a lot of work in the african-american community i think she was working primarily in the 20s um we've got like more than one mary cassatt actually let me pull out another one so this is actually one of her sketches just this is just a sketch from cassatt um and this one's super cool because cassatt often does like women in like intimate settings so like women in the home um women like just with their babies at home or women um just living in the domestic sphere this one is they're out and about on on town uh, you know they're riding an omnibus mm -hmm. so it's super fascinating anybody who wants to come take a look at our stuff we're always happy to do it we're starting to do public tours on a regularly scheduled basis now so we're going to do the last wednesday in the month at one o'clock we're going to be doing a public tour um so there's there's one coming up this month in august but we're just going to keep it keep it going throughout the year so anybody can come see so it'll be fun